All right, so episode 10, man, uh, last week we made the mistake and we thought it was episode 10. I, I noticed that. I know I sent the yeah, marketing right, off. Yeah. And I'm, I'm looking back. at our thumbnail. I'm like, oh, they're not at 10 yet. And I, put, I started typing up and I looked on the YouTube page and I'm like, Shit, it's not 10, it's 9. Yeah, so this is a little monumental for us, uh, 10 episodes. It goes by pretty fast. I saw an, an email once that said the average podcast only hits three. And after three, they quit. Really? So, like, we're three times better than the average Yeah, we've been quitter. pretty consistent, too. It's almost been every week, too. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. As we're filming this, knowing we're not filming next week. Well, that's the thing. Is, <laughs> is So, to give you guys a little insight, we were, you know, Matt's got a crazy, we'll talk about the travel schedule, but... It's been show after show, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm actually going to head out to California tomorrow, um, but uh, we're going to talk about there's a big contest coming up, and then, of course, uh, a lot of guys are going overseas. So talk a little bit about uh, the next week for you. So the next week, uh, Regan Grimes came here to California, or to Las Vegas after the Olympia, and he hired a new coach, which is uh, Milos Skarchev. And he's doing the show in Reno this weekend. And Friday, we're going to fly out. And we get there Friday. It's on Sunday. Two weeks mm-hmm. in a row, there's a show on Sunday. And then after that, we head to the Middle East for a couple days. And then we go to Cairo, Egypt, because he's competing in that uh, KO, that show that Big Rami's connected to. So the first ever show in, pro show in Egypt. So he's doing both of these back-to-back in the same week. All right, so let, let's talk a little bit about the legions because uh, that's, you know, we'll talk about as a, as a progression. But, you know, let's kick it off um, because I want to cover the kind of the bodybuilding thing. You know, this podcast was one of those things we kind of we, – we started off, you know, not talking about bodybuilding so much, but we have so many things happening in the bodybuilding arena, yeah. and I know a lot of our audience watches that. So um, we appreciate all that support, guys. Uh, so uh, Legion Sports Festival – Normally a California event. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year, I, I mean, I don't know if it was in Palm Springs. Originally it was the Frigno. It's gone now to, to the Legions. I actually appeared like two years ago. Mm-hmm. I don't think much happened with it last year. I don't even know if it You took... appeared when it was in Palm Springs. Okay. I no, remember... I appeared when it was in California. It originally it started Palm in Palm Springs. Springs. No, it was, in, it was in Huntington Beach okay. or something last okay. year, two years ago. So... Uh, it's called the Legion Sports Festival. Like you said, it is on a Sunday, which is which is a little different. But what I'm noticing is uh, it's a qualifier for 2022. And everyone knows the Vegas uh, uh, Olympia is coming back. It's, yes. It's going to be, do we know the date, December? I, they haven't announced it yet, but I've been told it's going to be later in the year. Like a second or third week of December, right? So uh, we have a show that's going to, you know, have a pretty stacked lineup. I mean, when you when you look at it, I know the list came out, and I know there's a lot of names on it, but the simple fact that you have Regan Grimes doing it, Sergio Oliva Jr., um, Sean Clarita, Cedric. Cedric McMillan, Max Charles, and Martin, the guy you uh, that yeah, you saw Fitzwater, today, yeah. Fitzwater. I mean, those are, I mean, you got, you know, five guys there that have done the Olympia multiple times. Yeah, so listen, Clarita being, Clarita being a, you know, 212 Mr. Olympia. Yeah. Uh, which is pretty incredible. Um, you know, looking at this lineup, I mean, it, on paper, Cedric should win this con- competition. On paper, you would think Cedric would win and, you know, Sergio would be there because he's probably been the highest placing of this guy at Arnold or an Olympia in but, the Open division. You know, we got to witness Regan changing quite a bit this week. He's looking yes. pretty impressive. I got to see Martin 
Fitzwater pose. I get to see Stanimo pose. Yeah, Stanimo's doing the show too. We even have his name down. Yeah, uh, a local guy named Ron Stevens. He's doing there's a Masters d- division on Friday night. I don't know if you knew that. On a different tip, actually, I saw Ashley Caltwalser's doing it too. Is she, she really? She posted today. She's going to the Legions. Oh, so they have a bikini division also. Yeah, they have like six divisions. Okay, okay. Yeah. So it seems like it's going to shape up to be pretty amazing, and you're going to be there you to witness gone. it. You should have gone. Why don't you go? you got nothing better to do. Yeah, but actually, I'm uh, taking a little trip. I'm going to be shooting uh, YouTube on Friday. Yeah, so, we, so since Regan's came here, you know, he didn't have his – he wasn't happy with his showing at the Olympia. And the transformation I've seen him make in the last, about what, nine days, he – I, I can't. You're just going to have to see what he looks like when he's on stage. Yeah, I know we wanted to get him on, and I think we will here in the future. But yeah. uh, what's his what's his thought process of being able to train at a different gym in Vegas every day? What do you think? I know you've been to all different gyms. Probably this is probably the most gyms you've been to since you moved here. I know. Well, it's it's every day, twice a day. He's going. He's doing two a days, cardio twice a day. So we're just basically getting him around to all the gyms. You know, he primarily goes to. Dragon's Lair and uh, Powerhouse because they got good posing rooms. So he goes through these crazy giant sets with Milos, and then he poses for an hour. Then he goes back, rests for four or five hours, comes back to another gym, trains, poses again, and it's uh, it's it's just it's cool just sitting back watching the transformation he's making. How much effort is the posing he's putting in right now? It it's more than he's ever done. That's true. You know? yeah. And and I mean that's just I can only go off what he said, but. But you can see the first day he was in there posing, it was like an out-of-shape basketball player, you know, just trying to run up and down the court. And now, a week and a half later, he hits the poses. He's not shaking anymore. He's not just because he's going through them so much. It's it's a totally different presentation. Yeah, it's funny. Um, when If you look back, a lot of my old videos, my DVDs, if you look back at One Step or, you know, Rip to Shreds or... You notice I'm always posing in those videos because yeah. I spent always time in the locker room going through the quarter turns. And how I would actually do it, I would start, you know, about six weeks out from a competition because I felt like I was in good enough condition that you could see some details and everything yeah. else where that's when you can really start sitting in the poses and, and understanding how the body looks at what angles, right? And I think that's what what I've noticed the adjustments that, Milos has made, and it started on Sunday after the Olympia, I believe, in the gym at the Hyatt Hotel Yep. when he took a look at him, you know, and I saw the video just launched on YouTube on Regan's channel. But, uh, you know, I would start by doing mandatory. So I would do quarter turns, and I would hold for 10 seconds. So I'd have someone count. So stand and relax, 10 seconds. Quarter turn, quarter turn to the right, 10 seconds. So I would do that two cycles. I would go two cycles through, and then I would do the poses the same way. So if we hit front double bicep, 10 seconds, hold, and then, you know, next pose, front lat spread. And I would do that two cycles. So I did two full rounds of posing, uh, all the poses, the seven mandatories at the time of seven, and then two rounds of quarter turns. Because when I was trying to win the Olympia since 99, the quarter turns counted as much as the poses. So they almost, they broke the show into, okay, the quarter turns are going to be first. So they literally would bring everyone out and they would do quarter turns and then they would put you back in line. Yep. And then they would, when they did the call outs again, it would be for the poses. They wouldn't, you wouldn't have to do quarter turns anymore. It wasn't like quarter turn to the right. They just asked for the poses. It seems like now it's not necessarily like that. You know, they bring out a group, 
and they might turn them, but like they did call outs back then, which were just quarter turn call outs. You understand? Yeah. yeah. So you had to be prepared in all aspects. And I think today we're noticing being at the Olympia, some guys still struggle with the posing they a do. lot. I, and, I, I noticed last year that was the biggest thing with Rami. He was the first one in the pose. Mm -hmm. He didn't shake nothing, and he was the last one out. And another person I noticed that does that is Nick Walker. Yeah. He, you can tell he does his homework. He hits the pose before anybody because some guys will wait and wait and wait, and then they only hit it for th a couple seconds, and then they fade. They stop. You know, it, maybe it's easier on them, but it's not as good for the presentation. If you can hold it for you know five, six, seven yeah. seconds, ten seconds, it just looks more professional as well. Yeah. So. You know, I think that's, you know, conditioned, but it also, it, it depends on the body, like how your body is uh, able to move into those poses and how you can tip your biceps. I think what people have the most hardest time is like doing a rear double bicep and being able to tip the elbows yeah. back. And I noticed like we were telling that with Regan the first couple of days he was here, make sure you get that tip, you know. Yeah. Because remember, the judges are kind of looking up at the physique. So I always tell, yeah, I always tell everyone, like, you got to pay attention to where the placement is, you know. And a lot of their bodies are dependent on, you know, how the body functions. And that goes with the training, too. And, you know, I want to touch upon something. I, I was actually, I got to work with a therapist today. Okay. At uh, at Dragon's Lair. There's okay. this guy in town named Miguel. And he's uh, he calls it the torture room. And basically, you know, he tortures people on the table with deep tissue work. And, and I think I was the pioneer for tissue work, right? <clears throat> I mean, if you look back at a lot yeah. of the stuff talking about, you know, massage therapy, neuromuscular therapy, like I started early on with that. I started first when I started in 90, like 96, you know, when I won the nationals, I had a girl that used to do tissue work on me. And then, of course, I when I migrated to California, Chris Cormier introduced me to a guy named Steve Murphy. And he transformed my physique from being last at the Olympiad, eventually being first. Mm -hmm. And releasing that fascia, allowing blood flow, um, keeping the restricted, uh, you know, tension to the muscle... You know, if you notice, a lot of people, they can't even do uh, pull-downs correctly or rowing movements because, you know, their shoulders are locked and, yeah. you know, chest contraction. You have to be pliable. I mean, yeah. a, a pliable muscle means more blood volume, better pump, uh, continuous recovery, yeah. but also performance in the gym, right? In detail. How important is detail today? Like Everything. We talk about, like, you know, like even Regan, we were saying, you know, the lines in the hamstrings, you know, people want to talk about striations, but do you remember back in the day, most of the guys, you know, they do a side tricep and you could see all the lines in the yeah. shoulders. We were talking about Fit Club the other night. Yeah. Uh, we don't see as much of that detail now. The muscles are so full. It seems like the physique's got a lot fuller. Yeah. And listen, I'm not discrediting anyone, and, and I'm not saying that even in my era we were fuller at some events, but I tell you, at 240, I had a lot of detail in my physique. Yeah. And a lot of that I attribute to the tissue work. Yeah. And I would spend at least a few hours each week doing that, probably six hours a week. And today I realized that I still need this. Even though I don't train crazy, I don't train as heavy, I still feel like I need to get some sort of tissue work. I just feel so much better now yeah. after, you know, it's been a few hours and I feel like everything's kind of been flushed out. But, uh, you know, we're going to see 
you know, who performs the best and like who, who gets the qualification, right? Because it's only top one, right? It's only the winner. I mean, it's, you know, and I still want to touch on Sean Clarita doing it. I mean, he's he's a 212 Mr. Olympia. And he's, Why is he doing it? I, I don't know. I thought I was going to text Jansen and ask him, and I just thought, well, look, we'll see him in a couple days. But he's probably like, hey, let me, let me, because, you know, he gets in really, really good shape. And a lot of these open shows, nobody's in shape. Like, I mean, I'm talking peeled shape. And he probably looks at it like, look, I get in such good shape, I can go knock a bunch of these guys off. And he, and you know what? I guarantee you he's going to knock somebody off on this list that you wouldn't expect. Well, he's only 180 pounds. Yeah. But, but, you know, he there's a little controversy with the Olympia. You know, there's a lot of opinions. Mm-hmm. That's the crazy thing about being subjective at the Olympia is that, uh, you know, fa- people favored him over over uh, Derek Lunsford. But, you know, I, we, we talked about this. Yeah. But it's funny that, you know, we can do an episode a week ago and we can talk about, hey, this is the guy that won. We agreed. We called it. But since then, you hear rumblings of like, oh, well, you know, he was better here or there or and it's not that he was worse than last year. That's no. the that's the crazy part. Like it's it's like when Brandon was better the year prior. It's just that Big Rami was just better than Brandon and yeah. won, right? So I think it's a little tough. But I thought it was like that the year before that too, because Kamal I thought looked okay crazy because yeah. he was the the reigning champion and he ran into Sean and Sean was his all time yeah best. yeah it could have and I thought yeah. it, the same thing this year. Sean looked really really good, but Derek just. It was his all-time best, you know, and, and who knows? They might, they could go flop back and forth this next time around, you know, who knows? But I do think he's going to, I do think he's going to hold his own, even though, I mean, look, against a Cedric, he's given up over 100 pounds. Cedric's in the 280s. That's a, that's a, that's a lot of, that's a lot of size to give up, but I think he'll hold his own. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. More um, of a reason for you to come. Right. <laughs> you know what's crazy, though, is, like, we're gonna, I want to talk a little bit about the Middle East and Middle okay. Eastern bodybuilding and, you know, the guys now dominating the Olympia. And, you know, the Kuwait thing kind of started, right, years ago. Yeah. And I think Dennis James was the first one to kind of bring it to yeah. attention. And the guys started traveling over there. And then, you know, they came up with this whole oxygen crew and, mm-hmm. you know, Ashkenani and all these guys, like, you know, started, like, coming out of the woodwork and, you know, he was a 212 guy knocking at the door second place and then uh, winning the Arnold Classic, right? Yeah. And now you have, you know, you had Rami come out of there in 2013. Yeah. And Brandon you know, Curry's been there. Yeah, Brandon the Curry's been training years. there. Uh, William Bonick now yep. travels Nathan there. Diasha. Nathan Diasha. Regan was actually there for a short period. Yes. So Della Rosa went over there for But a you're while. starting Victor to see Martinez. these guys make headways. I mean, uh, yeah. you know, you had two two foreign guys, you know, which back in my era, like it was rare that, you know, the foreign guys had as much of a chance, you know, it seemed like the Americans dominated, even like Nasser, who was, I think he was Egyptian. Uh, he came over to the States and he trained, you know, here. Yeah. So you're seeing now the guys going to Middle East yeah. to train because the gyms are like crazy equipped. And, you know, these guys changing the weights, they got crazy the food, food they got everything's, it's everything's like kind of catered to them. Yeah. And, you know, and now they're hosting events there. You know, Bader has his big event um, it's normally. It's a great pro show. Yeah. And then now you're talking about this show in Egypt. So what yeah. is the expected um, lineup there? You know, I, I asked them 
they they haven't told me who else is doing it, but I know they're trying to recruit some other top guys. I just don't know who. What's the restriction up. for like anyone to go from here? I think Egypt's just like any other country where you, as long as you, you need a visa or no, we get an automatic visa okay. being a U.S. citizen. You just have to do a a, a COVID test seventy two hours before. Yeah, you, you mentioned go. so. Tell me about your COVID test. Yeah, so I'm gonna have to do. We're gonna have to do a COVID test either Friday or Saturday this week okay. because Monday we fly to Dubai. So it has to be how many hours? Seventy two. Okay. So Monday we go to Dubai. That we get there at Tuesday night at midnight because it's on the other side. Okay, of the and world. you're at the Dubai Muscle Show, yep. and then we're there. And then we got Wednesday, Thursday, and then that Friday night we fly out at 7 p.m. So as soon as we land, we're gonna have to take another test. So then when we get to Egypt, uh, you know, you have to prove it there, and then we'll be in Egypt. I think we're gonna stay till Wednesday, so we're gonna go do the show, and I think the day after, me, uh, Dennis James, Toby will go. Do some sightseeing. Are you actually going to see the pyramids that yes. you've been talking about seeing? Yes. Are yes. you going to go down inside? I'm going to I I'm going to do whatever he, I Dennis can. Dennis said he went down and he couldn't turn around. He was kind of scared. Really? Yeah, cuz it's so tight. Yeah. That you I think you go down you have to walk str- you cannot turn around and then when you get to the big room is when you can turn around, but I don't know, man. I don't know if I want to do that. We'll find out. I know he Are you going to go? Yeah, yeah. He said Monday we're going to do some VIP tour with me Regan him and some other people. I think uh, how long are you staying after the event the shows on? So we get in late Friday night. Uh, we get in at like eight thirty p.m. So Saturday, get him acclimated. Yeah. Sunday's the show, and we're gonna stay Monday, Tuesday, and then Wednesday night at like three in the morning. So we're just gonna take two full days, and then we're gonna come. And back. when you land back, what day is it here? It's a day behind, Wednesday, right? Wednesday night. Okay. So it's it's. I mean, it's a, it's a lot. It's you know, and I I thought about it. I mean, he, it's a lot for me. Imagine him, you know, he's, we got to fly around the world. He's got to stay in his diet flying and it's, there's no direct flights from Reno. So you have to go from Reno to San Francisco oh, to but Germany. We, to, we know you're hooked up on these airlines, man. <laughs> we'll, tell we'll tell be me right. a little bit about we'll, it. So we'll be okay. So my question, <laughs> my question to you, are you going to smash your 1K status on United? I already have. I already passed that. <laughs> Fuck, man, I need some of those. <laughs> I need some of that spend. And I think I, we decided I need to spend. How much more money do I need to spend? Uh, I think you got to spend. 10 grand? Like, no, no, no. No, it's like under five. Okay. But you'll do it. Just stop being cheap. By December? Take a trip. By December? By December 31st. Damn. J-Mac, where should I go? Yeah, Park City. Yeah, I don't even think United flies there. Do <laughs> no. They? no, you're gonna have to take two layovers <laughs> and an Uber. Uh, but no, we'll. Uh, it, so you're gonna have beds, of course. I'm not flying. And what are you gonna city. eat on the plane? I'm eating whatever they're serving me because I'm can eat what I want. Yeah. <laughs> Your training's been off lately, man. I know. I, I know. I, I looked in the mirror the other day. I'm usually veins everywhere. I'm like, geez, I look extremely. Well, you, I, you've been in the gym last couple of days, though. You yeah, know, two can, days. Yeah. I look like a state puff marshmallow, man. I need to. I'm just wondering what you're. My diet. Are you gonna have to uh, fill us in on what food you know? What's gonna be the celebration food over there? I'm curious to know what what you're gonna eat in Dubai and in uh, yeah. Egypt. It'll be you know it, it, they're just gonna be very busy days because you know we get in late Tuesday night Wednesday I think Regan's gonna go film with uh, Larry Wheels yeah and I did when what you remember yeah and, and plus you it just. Just getting acclimated. That first day is messed up, and then he's got two five-hour appearances, back-to-back days. And when we get done at Friday at the second appearance, we're going straight from the expo straight to the airport because we got wow. a seven p.m. flight. And but it's close. It's only like four miles away. Yeah. But it's still it's not it's not simple traveling internationally, especially with the way 
you know, I don't know what they're going to be like traveling there with your COVID tests and all that other stuff. So, and I've never been to Egypt. I mean, I've been to Dubai, you know, countless times, but just never Egypt. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I mean, you know, we've had some pretty crazy dinners when we go over yeah, there yeah, and, yeah. you know, you remember when Barter took us, we sat inside that, uh-huh. like that little, I don't know if it, it was like a tent type, like a, we sat in a place and they brought food yeah. out on these yeah, plates crazy. that were huge and, and they didn't give you silverware. You had to eat with your hands. Yeah. And I was like, uh, Okay, I mean, but there was a lot culture. of people. We had a whole table. Everyone was there. Roly was there. Yeah. Rami was there. Ashkenazi was. I just remember Roly ate like unbelievable <laughs> amount of food, bro. He just ate and ate and ate. And <laughs> you ate know, you know ate. what? <laughs> just a random Roly story. We were in Mumbai, India, and we're staying at this nice hotel, and it's all you can eat. So we go downstairs and we eat and. I went upstairs for like 30 minutes yeah. and I came back down and Roly was still eating. He had like a stack of plates like this. I'm like, how can you eat so much food? I'm like, it just, it was just endless. Yeah. People liked the last week's episode when I talked about Nasser eating those three pieces of cheesecake at yeah. Cheesecake Factory three weeks out from the Olympia and did the three hours of cardio on the, he did an hour for each. I piece wonder of how many other people did that too. Oh, dude, everyone's blowing blowing their diet, I'm sure, but not three weeks. I out. used to remember re- I used to remember reading on the boards way back in the day and guys would be like, So and so just ate a whole pizza a yeah, week yeah. out. He's like, I couldn't handle it. So I think it was like Tom Prince or something. I couldn't handle it. I had to order two pizzas. It's like, dude, you can't keep it together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a, there's a lot of money on the line, you know, but you know, it, it leads me to talk a little bit about uh, the best foods, like what, what seems to be. Uh, people always ask me that question, like, hey, how did you put on the size? Like, you know, and it's easy to just say, oh, I eat eight or ten times a day, you know. Yeah. I really, just got to eat certain things. I think most, if, if I was honest with people, uh, six meals a day was, like, Good. pretty pretty standard. Yeah. Like, when Chris Aceto wrote my first diet, it was six meals, and... uh you know, I would definitely have my eggs for breakfast. I wasn't a chicken eater for breakfast. Some people get up and eat chicken breast. Some people have shakes. I always ate eggs and a couple of whole eggs, and I always had oatmeal, grits, or cream of rice. You still eat the same thing? I eat cream of wheat. Yeah, I cream, yeah. Cream, of, cream of wheat now. And um, But, you know, I chicken and rice was always my go-to. Like, I always ate chicken and rice, um, white rice. People always ask, well, why not brown? You know, you know, brown is a little fibrous. Like we talk about things yeah. that mess your stomach up. You That's know? what we were, we were talking about earlier. If I eat brown rice, I can't eat for like five or six hours after it. What, what, if, it just bloats you, right? I don't know why, but if I eat white rice an hour later, I'm I'm okay. Yeah, it's a little faster. Or, or pasta for whatever reason. I was a huge, huge pasta eater. I could eat eater. pasta nonstop and, and I could just keep eating it all day. You know, it goes for, through my body. for me to, to have to be so big and keep, you know, so many calories in, you know, I would have five ounces of pasta, which is 100 grams of carbs, right? And anyone can eat five Is that five ounces ounce cooked or dry? Five ounces of dry. Dry. So that's I a would, lot. Yeah, so, I mean, that's a decent plate. But, yeah. you know, if that was six or eight ounces of chicken breast, I mean, that was pretty much my meal, a little red yeah. sauce. Easy to get down, but I would eat pasta. I mean, even when I was working on the golf course in the early ages, uh, you know, Chris loved me on the pasta. The only thing, I only cut it really for the contest. I didn't eat as much. I still had maybe one meal pre-contest, but uh, that was once I got lean enough. You know, I had to clean it up a little bit. But, you know, then, of course, I ate sweet potatoes. And, you know, I'd go between red potatoes, white potatoes if I wanted something faster. Um, did you ever eat hash browns like I do? I, do, I didn't. I, I don't know. I lie. I, I did. The 03 Iron Man, I swear to God, that's what I had, like, for a lot of my meals. Because when you, when you look on browns. the back of it, it's just a potato. Yeah. Just, just more sodium, but I didn't give a shit about sodium yeah. then. I I just I just 
spray the pan, put it in there. Just like I like eating it with <laughs> one breakfast. Thing, one thing never concerned me was the sodium unless I needed to scale back the last few days. Oh, you never but I would pressure. always add sodium. Sodium is great because, you know, it helps with, with all the muscle contraction, you know, shuttling and... Like you need sodium. No one should be on a no sodium diet through their whole yeah. preparation. You never had contest. blood pressure issues. No, never. Yeah. That's but, the only. Time and I added, I added um, sea salt or whatever else. I mean, I never really had that restriction. Yeah. So uh, you know, there was just so many ways for me, to, you know, to put on the mask. But the most important thing is the continuous eating. And yeah. I try to stress to people, whether you're an athlete, whether you're bodybuilding, you know, recovering, whatever it is, you have to have. The continuous food, meaning like every, I, my window is two hours. I suggest every three hours. Yeah. So right now I probably eat about five meals a day and I feel really good. I, I'm not eating that six meal, but you know, I don't think I, I actually sleep really well at night. I probably should be still eating six meals, but you know, as you get a little older, you try to scale back some, I'm sure you're eating what one or two meals. I wasn't eating much. I was only eating a couple meals a day, like the last three or four weeks. It just, but when you were at your all-time peak, oh, I ate nonstop. Chasing the gym, how many nonstop. meals do you think you ate? Minimum of six. Okay. Minimum. I ate way more than I. I honestly. Let when, me ask you, what's Regan eating? How many does he eat right now? He's eating a lot. He's eating um, probably six or seven. Okay. But he has zero carbs. Yeah, Hani had me on seven meals. Chris yeah. had me on six. There was I, I honestly it, when when I was chasing it years ago, I think I ate as much as a lot of the strongmen. Like I, That's a lot. Bro. I ate a lot. I think you overeat, though. I do. I know I do. I like eating, though. And there's but, nothing wrong with it. But I used to, I mean, I used to, this is so bad. Back when I was going to college, if you had your student ID, you could get a foot long, you could get three foot long subs from Subway for 10 bucks. So there was a period where I ate three every night before I went really? to sleep. Really? Yes. <laughs> That's when I was like at my peak size strength. I ate three steak Jay and Mac, do you hear this shit? Three subs, and you can eat a lot, man. You're a, you're a big dude, so yeah. I used to. I mean, but he's 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 leaned out. You I would know, wake and up he still and eat, eats a lot. I would wake up and eat like four slices of bread, four things of bacon, four things of sausage. Well, you you six only eggs, eat three couple. of each one of those. Now. <laughs> <I know. laughs> but no, I mean, I used to eat a ton, but but back when I wanted to, when I thought I could be a pro bodybuilder one day, I mean, I was still the. Who did you live with at that point? Uh, I lived by myself. For most of it, and then I had a right out of college. I had a, a roommate that played in the NFL. He was a linebacker, and I had a rapper that looked the three of us. We had this big house, and it was no chaos. girlfriends. No, no, none that lived with me. No, so none of no girl on. cooked the food for you. So that's no. probably why you were eating all this garbage. I just ate it all myself. See, from the get go, you know, I was in a obviously I had a yeah. girlfriend that became wife, yeah. right? And she would, you know, she would cook the food. I would, you know we kind of eat on the same pattern and that made it so much easier for me. And you yeah. know, I was very home body person. So I would make sure I wouldn't leave cause I would make sure my food was cooked and I was a fresh food cooker. Now, you know, we have trifecta and we're yeah, getting yeah. meal service all the time. Right. Which can you imagine if I had this in my era, <laughs> would I use, you would saw I my use house it? right now? There's trifecta. Everywhere. Really? Cause you know, cause Regan's here and Valerie's yeah, here yeah, and yeah. they're all, they're all, <laughs> they're, they're How much just, food do they eat to go through? Packages? We're going through a lot. I mean, because I'm so you just I'm got a big, more. big order for, of trifecta. Yeah. When? Well, we have another one coming tomorrow. Okay. Yeah, another one. Just getting like 15 pounds of basa for him. Just whitefish. 
Is that what he's, he's eating mostly? Yeah. mostly? Mostly. Yeah, when I was at Dragons today, bro, all I smelled was fish from these guys. Yeah. Everyone that walked by me that's competing has smelled like white fish. Does that like, make you want to go? It makes again? me fucking sick. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, I had to cook my fish outdoors. Yeah. Because it stunk the furniture, the clothes, everything. I had to throw so many, so much clothing out. Yeah. And pillows and everything because I didn't know. And I would cook the fish on the George Foreman. Yeah. And, you know, when you're cooking five pounds a day, man, like, it's just unbelievable. You used to eat orange roughy. Yeah. That shit makes you shit your pants. I know, I know. I, I, I did <laughs> They used to times. tell the yeah, story. Yeah, yeah. You used to tell the story <laughs> no, when you shit your no. pants. That was because I had colitis. <laughs> so, hey, Mac, you ever hear that story? Yeah. You gotta listen to tell yeah, the, the Mark tell Bell the, podcast. Tell the story where he shit his pants and <laughs> shit so much in his pants and lifted him up. Yeah, I couldn't hold it, you know. But now Orange Ruffy does that though. It just it just makes your stomach not happy. Yeah. But at least said trifecta. At least got Bassa and Bassa doesn't. It's not so fishy. Yeah. So Carrie would cook a lot of the food, you know, and uh, you know she she knew how I liked. I mean, I yeah. ate very bland and blah blah blah, but. You know, we'd go on these trips to, like, the Olympia. Like, when we were staying at Mandalay Bay, uh -huh. we didn't have kitchenettes, bro. We weren't uh -huh. smart enough. It wasn't, like, to all oh, residents in down the street. We wanted to stay at the host hotel so yeah. all, we could be at the meetings and everything. So I had to prepare all my food ahead of time. So the way I did it, they didn't allow microwaves in the room. So I would bring a big George Foreman, the biggest one they had. I would have plug it in, and everything was in tinfoil. So I had the fish in tinfoil, and I had all my sweet potatoes in tinfoil, and that's what I would eat pretty much the whole time. So she would just put the tinfoil in there, heat it up that way, and then I would eat it, you know, off a plate or whatever. And, uh, you know, that's how simple simplified it was, you know. Yeah. Where I remember Paul Dillette would just eat from, the uh, like, the buffet. And I was like, man, this guy's beating me, you know. It's just crazy, like, some of these... I mean, Chris Cormier, like, we went and competed at the Ironman, and he was eating Subway, like, three days out. <laughs> and I'm like, here I am, 50 grams of carbs and cooking fish at the Marina Pacific Hotel. And, and they were beating you. Yeah, so, you know, it, it was, you know, I had never traveled to, how did to that shows make you by feel? myself. So I'm really, what? I was going to say, how did that make you feel? You lost to a guy eating a buffet Listen, and stuff. It's <laughs> all genetics, Subway. and then eventually I wanted, you know, I started yeah, winning it, it caught all. Up. I mean, it I, caught mean up. I was winning... Iron Man eating um, shredded potatoes. Uh, See, hash you, need, browns. you need to eat more hash browns. So people would people would think about need that a hash brown endorsement. I never traveled to these shows by myself, though. You know, yeah. that's when it really helped having a spouse or you know someone yeah. there to support you. And it's really good that you know you're going to support yeah. uh, Regan. I mean, it's just really. I mean, yeah. back then we had to do the tan the same way. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't like anyone anyone that's competing because you know that look, there's a lot of it can be dangerous mm -hmm. and. You got. You can't go by yourself. You know, always have to have someone go. And this time, you know, fortunately, I'm able to go with. And you know, I've been managing Regan for almost five years now, so it's just uh, it'll be a, it'll be a good trip. And and I think I actually, you know, I I I think he's gonna he's gonna win at least one of these shows, if not both. I, I believe he can. I mean, yeah. Like anything can happen. But I think he has the potential to win both of them. We're not gonna give a prediction on. We no. don't know really who's no. in it, right? No. I mean, look, uh, other guys have the potential to win too, but I think I think he's going to get one of them. I don't know which one. But All right, so you want to ask me about a big topic that happened at the Olympia? Which one? Hall of Fame. Yeah, you know, we we this last time we just talked all about uh, 
the Olympia and what happened and uh, went through you know, talking about the different physiques and who won what divisions, but we didn't even touch on the fact that you got inducted. Too, I, I didn't want to talk much about it. Well, well, too bad. So it's a, it's a, it's a big deal. I mean, when bodybuilders don't get outside of Arnold, don't get associated with mainstream sports. And the fact that you got inducted into the international, international sports, sports hall, hall of fame, hall of fame yep. with Stephanie McMahon and Marcus Allen and Billy Blanks, like, like my mom knows who Billy Blanks is. Yeah. You know, I mean, th these are people that are household names and you got inducted with them and we didn't really talk about it. So, you know, I got to see, I literally, because you, you guys got there way before me and I was tied up at the expo. So I walked over there and didn't realize it was like a 20 minute walk, literally. And I got there and I watched just enough to see you up there and I was texting Angie. I'm like, I can't stay here this whole time. I have to get back. Yeah. But I at least got to see your speech and got to see them put the metal around your neck and all that. But yeah, it was pretty cool because so they like? did it at the Olympia, uh, normally at the Arnold classic. I've been to those before where they, I watched Herschel Walker, um, a bunch. I mean, Arnold's got that. I mean, um, Ronnie Coleman's got the award and uh -huh. I think Lee Haney, all these guys that but they don't pick a lot of bodybuilders. No. So you, you got a lot of more mainstream people. Uh, Apollo Ono, who was uh, a speed skater for the Olympics. I mean, he's a close friend of mine. I remember he was inducted one year. And, yeah, you know, I remember thinking, you know, watching that, and I'm like, man, uh, you have to do legendary shit in order to to really be on that stage. Yeah. And when they called me to say, hey, you know, we want to induct you, I was like, it made me sit back and think, holy shit, like I've actually done yeah. quite a bit of things in bodybuilding. But what I tell everyone in I had a lot of reflecting this year, especially. I don't realize what I've done now until years removed. Of course. And separating myself from that persona. Like, wow. Like, some of the things that I've actually gone and done, I, I think, wow, you know, I was a strong person to do that. I had a lot of willpower, a lot of commitment, um, you know, time. It was a lot of time. Yeah. And you know, the achievements are going to stand till the end of time, you know, and that's what's really cool is like, you know, I was the only thir three time consecutive Arnold winner. I was only Mr. Olympia to lose the title and win it back the next year. Like, and I was, you know, I defeated Ronnie Coleman on stage, which no one really, I don't think people necessarily oh. did that prior to then. No. So for me, like those achievements for itself, but you know, people look past all those stage things that I'd done and how I've, you know, established being a figurehead and you never plan on that. I just wanted to be as popular as, you know, Rich Gaspari or Lee Haney or, you know, Dorian Yates. I like, I wanted to be known like on a worldwide scale. Yeah. And here I am getting these awards of achievements that I say, why me? I mean, I said yeah. that in my speech. I said, I don't, you know, I don't think what I done is that extraordinary until you think about what happened, you know, and yeah. reflect on it a little bit. And, you know, you're getting these, these awards and, you know, I'm just excited that, you know, I, I was able to take part in that and, you know, it's going to be a, a huge memory uh, for me for till the end of time. I mean, no, I mean, I mean, look, and it was fitting cause it was at the Olympia. Yeah. So I think, it, you know, it, listen, I was an RO champ too. Right. But yeah. Being at the Olympian, being able to talk about Joe Weider, I did in my speech because he really mentored me in a of lot course. of ways that no one understood. Because a lot of the people in today's era didn't don't know who Joe Weider was. No, 
What did he? What year did he die? He died um, around twelve or thirteen, I think. Yeah. I want to say thirteen. Yeah. So some of these guys that are that are dominating on the stage now are coming up. They weren't even pro yet. No, and and you know, back in my era when. You know, you received a pro card after Nationals or USA's or North. You usually got a contract. Yeah. Like it was like Joe Weider's going to give you a deal. So you knew immediately you were going to have a job. And yes, it wasn't a crazy amount of money, but at least you had consistent income and it was year to year deal. So you were motivated. I think that, you know, when you get these multiple deal contracts, sometimes people aren't as motivated, you know, yeah. and they don't know really how, how to take advantage of, you know, these people. But, um, you know, legendary space, like that's, you know, where this is going to lie. So I'm just super excited about how it, how it all came together. And, you know, I'm glad that Jake Wood and Dan Solomon, the committee was all part of that too. Yeah. Uh, Fairfax Hackley. Um, and you know, like I said, I was on the stage with some greats. Marcus Allen floored me. Yeah. You didn't stay for his speech. No, I, I didn't get to see his speech. I just knew who he was growing up. You know, he talked about football. his parents, and he, he said at 12 he knew he was going to win the Heisman. Like, he he it's believed it. And he'd look in the mirror, and he'd practice his speech, which I think is pretty amazing. Yeah. And he became, like, unbelievable, like, ball player. Like, he did it all. I never realized. I mean, I was a fan of his, but I didn't realize all the achievements yeah, and to be able to have him because he's relative to bodybuilding, I think his wife actually competes. Uh -huh. So he's you know he was at the Brandon Curry event when we were there, and we didn't yeah. get to say hello. So I've heard seeing him at a distance. It's yeah. pretty crazy that you know I was able to grace the stage with someone like that, and you know I, I see these these heroes that I had when I was you know twelve years old, which you know I saw Stallone and Van Dam, and you know someone like him on Sports Illustrated, and now I'm. Like sharing time. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. It makes you realize that, man, I come a long way since Sterling, Massachusetts, you know? Yeah. Ah, sometimes it's 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 good to look take a step back and look at the body of work of what you've done because you've been living it. So you don't always necessarily yeah, realize and, and what's you happening. know, and the thing is is like, you know, you win the Olympia and you think your whole world's gonna change, but what you realize is you go back home and you know, you gotta still pay the light bill and yeah. You know, the, 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 someone's knocking on your door and, you know, then someone, you know, your sister calls you because she's upset at her husband. You know what I mean? Like, there's all those things that, that come into play that you think that because, you know, now you've reached that status that, you know, people have that perception like, oh, that doesn't happen to him or, but man, it's just normal life. You know what I mean? Yeah. We missed the flight on the way home or it's delayed and, you know, we got stuck in LA coming back from the Olympia. Remember, things got delayed and there was that guy that was drunk on the plane and I thought there was going to be a scene because he's like, <laughs> I need to get there now. And I'm yeah. thinking in my head, like, listen, I'd like to get there too, bro. I'm pretty tired. You know, I, I, it, I'm sitting there with my head down and I'm, I'm patient now. Years ago, I wouldn't have been, but I was sitting there. I'm like, I hope this guy doesn't touch me. Like I just, I'm envisioning myself just like, just like yoking him up. And I'm like, please just stay over here. Just don't say anything. <laughs> just leave me alone. <laughs> Cause he was sitting right next to me. Yeah. You know, I need to get there right now. Get the pilot and get, get, talk to the people out there that you can't have this delay anymore. It's like, dude, it's, it's weather. We yeah. You know, I, I was coming home and you know, we we're supposed to go on tour to Canada. Yeah. 
the next weekend, which was we were supposed to go Wednesday. Yeah, so we would have just been getting back basically. Uh, we would have got week, back you know? and spent one night and went back in the road. So, you know, for me, uh, I actually got a visit from my brother, my middle brother Keith. So it goes Bob Keith Randall, and my nephew came, and my nephew ran an ultra marathon, two hundred and forty miles, in Utah. 240 miles. Even, you know, like, if I look something up and I have to drive 240, yeah. I'm looking for a flight. Just imagine, like, driving. Yeah, that's a, so, it's like driving. So it's my going nephew, to LA. My nephew is one of the best in Massachusetts, and he had told me when I was back home shortly ago, said, I'm coming out to Utah. I'm going to compete in this ultra or whatever. I, think it, I forget what it was called. You know, David Goggins actually did the race last year. He finished second. So he finished 14th out of like 200 and something people. And he had blisters on his feet. Like they had to basically wrap his feet like through the race because like his feet were all blisters. But it took him like 70, I think 76 hours or something he ran. Do they, do they, they, they stop like he'll stop. And he said he laid down for maybe 30 minutes, but he didn't sleep. So he didn't sleep for that many days. And he would have his water linked up, and wow. I don't know. He would probably eat something super quick, but, but they still run through the night, don't they? Have lights? Yeah, they run stuff? through the lights, so uh, they run through the night and have lights, you know, on his on his head and whatever. And my brother and his wife and my my nephew's wife and another friend, a friend actually ran a hundred miles with him uh, of the uh, two hundred forty, uh, but he joined him like as he got in to kind of push him. And uh, my brother would drive to each station, you know, for certain areas to meet him so yeah. they could lay down where they had a van. So they came and stayed with me, and he was kind of recovering from that. And he was That's having cool. trouble walking on his feet. And um, so, you know, if you guys look at Cody Cutler is his name, and he's uh, he's unbelievable, man. It's pretty wild. That's I mean, like. Can you imagine running that? No, I can't. I don't want to run a mile. hours, bro. That's a long time. Yeah, That's three it's... days. Like I don't like running anywhere. Yeah. Like I don't like I said. I so I was tracking him while we were at the Olympia. You uh -huh. know, my family was texting me, "Hey, look how Cody's doing," and uh, you know, I kind of wanted to finish a little bit of our discussion with that. That was pretty cool, you know. Yeah. No, I mean that's. Uh, I think you should try. Yeah. No. How far can you run? I used to be a cross country runner. I was when I was like sixteen. Yeah, yeah. So was I. Well, I was when I was in grammar school, but. Could you run a mile? I was actually there? really no, I couldn't run a mile now. I think we should try and film it. But yeah, we should film it. Put yeah. it up. Me it's and Brian Shaw will run a mile. He's gonna be here in two weeks. Yeah, maybe we should run a mile. Maybe we'll put him on the show. Uh what do you got for questions for me this week? All right, let's see what we got here. And you sidelined me with some pretty tough ones last week, so So that means you want uh basic, easy questions? Well, I know you had some for me. Let's see. Hey Jay, what's your opinion? On the late Rich Piana, did you have a relationship with him at all or any cool stories about Rich? He is very similar. He's a YouTube pioneer, man. Like, yeah. I loved his F this attitude. I mean, he got on and just said anything. He had a huge following. Remember his lineups, bro? Yeah. No, his. I just spent a lot of time with him in Europe, and, you know, he just, he, he definitely set the, the tone for, you know, I was kind of thinking, like, he was the first guy that came out and talked really about voluntarily about gear and like what he used and you know he was a really honest guy so i think that's why people he loved he was very transparent like that i think we lack that in today's uh industry a lot yeah 
but he influenced a lot of people. I mean, he had the crazy, crazy round muscle bellies and, uh, he was a great competitor. I mean, he did commercials back in the day. I mean, yeah. he was a real figurehead in bodybuilding. So it was a huge travesty when we lost him so early. I mean, I think he died at 46 Yeah. and, uh, you know, I loved his content, you know? Yeah. He's, he had, he had really good content. Yeah. He was the, he was probably the first big, big name. Well, we got to train when we were over at body power and, yeah. you know, spend some time we'd eat at, um, that chicken place, uh, Nando's. Yeah. And, uh, it was cool. We got to spend some time. I, you know, he's pretty missed these days. Said Big J, you mentioned you never have any joint issues. My question is, is it worth investing in glucosamine supplement? It's expensive. I'm talking about the liquid version, or do you have some other suggestions besides that in eating healthy fats? Listen, eating healthy fats is really how it's, you know, I think everyone's going to experience joint pain depending on your age. And if you're a weight trainer, I, I think, listen, we're not made to beat our bodies up in the gym. But, you know, krill oil essential fats are definitely helpful. Um, but definitely having the right kind of diet, nutrition is definitely going to help as much as possible. I mentioned the tissue work, the massages. I don't stress that enough um, because, you know, any kind of tension around the joints, um, you know, you're always going to have some sort of arthritis that forms as you get older, but you can keep the, the muscles more pliable around that joint, which will help with the pain a lot. So t between the tissue work, essential fats, um, proper diet, um, you, know, you know, a lot of hydration. Yeah. So you don't, you never took any glucosamine? I never, I didn't take glucosamine. I mean, I was sponsored, and I think maybe I took some back in the day, but I didn't really need it. I was in my 20s. What do you think the main cause for all the larger midsection is in today's body? Overeating. Yeah. People like to talk about growth hormone and insulin and, mm -hmm. like, and listen, man, we, we all did our share of, of drugs or whatever else, you know, but the truth is, is, uh, I think the food, I think yeah. the high protein, mm -hmm. I think, you know, eating an over amount of protein is not good. Yeah. I remembered sitting there with, uh, with Phil in one year when he was competing and I remember seeing just how much rice he was eating and how much food. And you just think if your body slows down on processing, it's going to push you out. Yeah. It wasn't, you know, I think with a lot of those guys, it's the same thing. Yeah, I, so I think I think up. it's overeating. I mean, listen, I wasn't blessed with a small waist, but I didn't ever had really heavy extension. When I did, I'd say 2005 Olympia was my worst, and I was eating a ton of oatmeal, and I think oatmeal bloated me a lot. I mean, people say the gluten or whatever else, um, but I, we talked about the high fiber. I think when you eat a lot of fiber, you get more push in your body. Your body doesn't process as well, so you just have to be careful what you put in your gut. But at the same time, don't overeat. You know, I think we all kind of tend to overeat sometimes. I mean, we just had that discussion about you eating three subs in one sitting. I mean, <laughs> the body can't assimilate all that food. So I think you're better off just smaller spurts of food um, in portionate meals. Yeah. Do you think the Olympia should be held outside of the country like the old days? I think it would be pretty cool. Yeah. I, I mean, I listen, I love Vegas, but... Man, like, can you imagine going to the Middle East or Brazil? Or we talked yeah. about this, I think, on yeah. one of the podcasts. But I think it should be. I think it should go outside. I think it. I mean, I think every couple years or three years, maybe. As soon as I looked at that, I thought, "Wow, what if it was in Rio? What if it was in Tokyo? Or what if it was in? Yeah, what if it was in Bali?" See, you or, love the cultures. Like you love yeah. traveling. I know not not really necessarily South America, but like you love like um, you know Asian yeah. markets. Um, 
you know, I think I can you imagine though if they had it in the Middle East? Like think about a if you had it in Dubai. Yeah, Dubai. Think about a bodybuilding, the biggest bodybuilding show in the world. But the problem is, is when you have a vast majority of U.S. competitors, the biggest issue is, is the Olympia pays to fly yeah. all, well, all the athletes if, you there, know what, correct? Though, and, and I'm not saying this for them to try to go chase it, but if you did it in Dubai, the Emirates Airlines is owned by the government. You would just work it out with them to where yeah, true. they would they would... They would take care of the competitors flying over there. I'm and sure the women no can go. I mean, women yes. can go. That's like yep. people have that misconception. Oh, you know, the women aren't allowed to show face or whatever else. But it's pretty open there, right? Yeah. I mean, what if it was in Paris, like or Helsinki, yeah. like it was one year? I mean, yeah. now it can't just be. It has to be in a massive market that can handle the hotels and the. You know, if and, if the Olympia sold fifty thousand seats in one arena and twenty thousand in another. But the truth is, is it's always the same number. Yeah. Like we don't break a certain threshold, right? So I think I don't that think it goes over ten. It, it it seems to never go. And listen, if they do, that's you know who knows how much it's the truth. But uh, when you're not having that much, like what's why not? Like if the sponsors are there, you know you have to look at okay, who's going to sponsor? How much is the cost? But to bring the whole production crew, that could be the hardest part, yeah. right? Well, you you would have to you'd have to rely on either whatever company you have shipping their stuff international mm -hmm. or they would have to have some type of company there that they would work with to, to I mean listen it may I'm some sure of these, they can do it some of these expos might be pricing space out like yes. for a lot of people like to have a booth and everything else like you see when we go to FIBO and these other places how big are the booths there they're, they're crazy they're bigger than the ones we so I here. think it's cheaper to have a booth in these bigger uh, venues. It could. I mean, look, any any country in the world could have it. I mean, they have the biggest music festivals in the world, are all yes. over Europe, all over the Middle East, all over. You know, when I worked in the music, you know, industry, there's demographics. Bodybuilding demographics have have increased all over. Yeah. I mean, you could have a Mr. Olympia in Australia and have ten thousand sure. people for sure. You might even have more because yeah. it's because here it's in America, limited, yes. there's so much to do. Yes. And imagine if you, I'm going to make up. I feel name. Americans are spoiled, bro. Yeah. Imagine if you had it in Budapest, mm -hmm. you know, you know how many people would show up. You'd have people coming to the bodybuilding show yeah. that aren't even fans because it's the big event in town. Mm -hmm. You know, when, uh, when Brian Shaw did his strongman event in this tiny little town in, in the mountains in Colorado, it was the most live like crowd I've ever seen in my life. And when you looked around there, half the people yeah. were local, but they wanted to support the event that was there and they made it crazy. So mm -hmm. who knows? Maybe, you know, Maybe that'd be a conversation to have with Dan and, and Jake and Jim and whoever else and say, hey, take a chance. I'm sure there's a market somewhere in the world where that market would would pay to have it come there. Yeah, I just think, you know, a lot of the supplement companies, you know, are U.S.-based. But, but they are. But imagine when we go to FIBO, there's way more booths at FIBO than any other yeah, expo in the world. And half of them, you walk through there, you never even heard of it. You know, some but, company that's huge. People, you know, athletes are repping different brands. So, I mean, it, it's kind of like, okay, well, we want to support our If you athletes. knew you were going to do it, like, let's just kind of like the Olympics. We already know where the Olympics are eight years down the road. Yeah, true. Yeah. If you knew, not this year, but next year, the Olympia was going to be in Saudi Arabia, they would start preparing for it many years out. And supplement companies would, would say, next year, budget that. We're going to that. You know, because maybe they can't come to the U.S., you know, maybe it's too expensive. Or if it, if it's in the Middle East, there's a lot of European brands 
that go to FIBO and, and used to go to Body Power and they don't come to the Olympia or the Arnold US because they can't afford it. But from, from Europe, they can. So who knows? It could be a it it could work one. Good day. topic, yeah. You know, so it says uh, I see you're a sneakerhead like so many uh, so so many of us. My question is, what got you into shoe collecting? How many pairs do you have? And what's your favorite pair? It's just cool, man. I don't know how many I have. I Guess. I don't want to count. Uh, a couple hundred, maybe. I have a couple hundred. You have way more shoes than me. I think a couple hundred. So I I love my Jordan ones. Uh, my high top Jordans. I have a lot of boxes that I, I'm still waiting to break open, but uh, I wear a size 12, which is a pretty common size. But my Oreo Jordan ones are my favorite. So they're black and white, and I mean I have some obviously you know different different uh, series of Jordans, but the ones seem to be my favorite. Mm-hmm. I like exactly. my Concord 11s too. Um, I think like the most uncomfortable I don't know. shoes in the you world. You like the Concords, huh? Aren't they the so? most uncomfortable shoes in the world? No, I, I loved even training even in them. It's great. Really? I remember when, when Jordan said his last game at Madison Square Garden, he pulled out the original Jordan ones, and his feet were bleeding. From yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, technology, these guys play a little different. You know? But still, that means they suck. They're not comfortable. I'd rather wear a pair of Crocs. What do you think of that? Did the Lakers win tonight? or I don't know. J-Mac, did they win? It's streaming on the computer. Well, it was. <laughs> You guys came I was, in here. I was going to bet this game. Too. I had I had the Lakers the game. Sox, the Red Sox won me some money last night. Did they? I had the Laker game bootlegged from some website here while you, when you guys came in. All right. That's garbage. What do you think about LeBron? He didn't come through tonight. He was probably injured. He's but. old. Um, I'm hoping, I, it brings me up, uh, I'm hoping that when I go to Boston, because I have my show coming up in a couple weeks, the uh, New England Body Blinch uh Show is the 30th of October. And I'm hoping the Red Sox get to, you know. Will you go to a play. game? Yeah, I, 100% I'm going. You won't be like cheap and be like, no, I'm no, not paying I, 50 I, bucks honestly, for a ticket. Honestly, no, it's going to be, I mean, it would be a lot of money, but I'm going to watch the Boston Red Sox if they advance from the time now until, uh, like, I'm there from, like, the 28th until the 2nd of October. So if the Boston November. Red Sox make it, somebody here knows somebody that can get Jay in a suite. Yeah, so let's so comment. No, not a suite. Yeah, yeah, maybe a suite, yeah. Oh, look at it. You see I'll that? take a suite. Like, no, I'll sit and say, no, well, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, want to get yeah. on. Who wants talk- to invite me to the Sox game? I'm yeah. sure there's some season ticket holders <laughs> that are watching our podcast right now. Well, we have connects to Robert, Robert. Could Robert Kraft do anything with that? I don't think he's... Uh, He's the Patriots. Yeah, but he, you don't think he knows the owner of the yeah, other team yeah, near him? Yeah. I know. I know he knows some people connected to him. Well, let's uh, let's let's work on that. What else you got for me? Is that it? That's it. That's it. Nobody nobody wants to ask questions, so we need people to ask more questions. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So our questions can vary from anything, guys. Not just uh, fitness, whatever else. Um, you know, we appreciate all the support. Make sure you guys are you know sharing this or liking, yeah. subscribe, share, like it. Tell your friends. We had a, we had great response on the last one. I feel. Yeah, no, it it got a, it got a, a good amount of views. You know, it's getting we're getting more traction than I thought we would, and it's it's growing slow, but the traction is growing mm-hmm. faster than the channel's growing. Yeah, so is, we're gonna have a lot to talk about. Um, the next the next one the next episode is gonna be pretty intense, so it might be a little longer. In the next episode, if and well, we'll see. We'll talk about we'll, it. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get some. Uh, but you know, and we'll. 
of course, I'll be back from Massachusetts, so I'll be finished with that trip, uh, which we're kind of doing like a Halloween yep. kind of tour. Um, and you're going to be through the Middle East, and yep. you know you'll experience Middle the pyramids, and, which and was Africa. on your bucket list yep. for the first time. So we're excited. You know, to, I've, uh, I've been to over sixty countries, and I've never been anywhere in Africa. So this will be my first time. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I wish I could like take another month and just, just go take a lot of pictures, a lot of video. I will. I'll send them to you the whole time. All right, well, that's uh, that's it for right. episode 10, guys. We're out.